everything you need to know about elections 2024 on Cape Talk. Join the conversation. And a warm welcome to you, Gabriel Duncan, via Zoom. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I think I want to start at the start, if you don't mind. We're just bombarded with polls and we can't make uh, head or tails of it most of the time. Uh, and I'm also kind of, I don't know if it's conspiratorial mind that I have, but I'm always wanting to see who's paying for, for the poll. Can people uh, that, that order these polls, that commission these polls, um, kind of preordain outcomes? Well, I don't think so. Um, I can't, unfortunately, I can't tell you um, who uh, commissions the poll. We, well, we pay um, for the polls ourselves, but it wouldn't really make sense for us to change the numbers because obviously at some point there's going to be a general election. And if you have fudged the numbers in to, to get whatever ideological outcome you like, then what you will be proved is wrong at the end because the general election will show you that will show everyone that the numbers were fudged. And so there is a huge incentive if you want to be taken seriously as a polling organization to get it as accurate as possible, because otherwise, when the final when the election tally is comes in and you are widely off base, why should anyone take you seriously anymore? But cloud cuckoo land is a land that a lot of politicians live in. And we know sometimes polls by the DA out of maybe sync with where other independent polling is at. So to the African National Congress and other political parties, um, I, I don't know why they would want uh, an outcome that just favors them uh, when it doesn't talk to reality. But could there be that kind of delusional relationship that people have with polls? I mean, when it comes to political parties commissioning polls, you've obviously there is an incentive for them to be able to go to maybe their donors to show that they yeah. have a higher percentage. But when it comes to independent pollsters, our bread and butter is the accuracy of our polling. And so <clears throat> if you if an organization is claiming to have a legitimate poll and they prove to be far off base, then you should no longer take that organization seriously. And that's what we, that's the attitude we have as at the Social Research Foundation as well, is we want to be taken seriously and we want to provide you with as accurate a reading of the current political situation in South Africa as possible. Okay, so the Social Research Foundation, and you are the researcher there, Gabriel Nankin is my guest. And if you want to put a question to Gabriel, you're welcome via WhatsApp on 072-567-1567, or you can call directly on 021-446-0567. You commissioned this poll. What were your instructions? So what we do with every poll is we... Um, create a set list of questions that the interviewers will run through with the participants. And you, re you reference our poll from September of 2023, which is the 2,434 um, people poll. Um, but we also recently did a much smaller uh, survey of KZN to look at the um, current results surrounding MK, which we can get into um, a bit later if you'd like. 
But the reason we do provincial polls is we think that going into the next election, there are a few very important battleground provinces, namely uh, KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng, and the Western Cape. And if the politics and the political landscape changes significantly from 2019 in those battleground provinces, then we're likely to see a huge shift on the national level. And so we want to have as good a read of what is happening in these provinces to be able to predict what is going to happen nationally. And 2029 is a, is a target date for you. Um, are we thinking, are we hearing people talking about watershed moment for South African politics in 2024? Are you saying it's a little premature? I don't think that it's a little premature. I think what our recent poll of, of KZN shows is that it's going to definitely be a watershed moment. I mean, just to give a, a broad overview to your listeners, most polling organize, independent polling organizations um, at the end of last year had the ANC polling around 45%. Going into this year, the expectation was that that would increase because generally in the past, every election year, the ANC polls badly until the election year in which they start to gain back percentages when they can campaign. However, Jacob Zuma then comes in and support, throws his weight behind the MK party. And that's caused a significant disruption in KwaZulu-Natal. And if the current polling that we have is right, the ANC could be looking at a national election result of just above 40%. And this is incredibly important. It will probably mean that they remain the governing party, but it means that they have to bring on a pretty significant coalition partner. So it's no longer an option probably for the ANC to bring on tiny parties, which they can give very, very little executive power to, they're now going to have to bring on a mid to large size partner who will be able to demand more from them. And we might see an actual fleshed out coalition style of governance. And I think that is the most important watershed. It's premature to believe uh, that the ANC is not going to be governing after the next election. But it's, it is the moment that we'll see South Africa's political system transform from a single party government into a coalition government, which we at the Social Research Foundation predict will be the rest, the, the story of South Africa's governance from 20, this year for the rest of our democratic history. Coalition style government will be the government and style going forward. But, but, but hypothetically, that does mean if the ANC polls at 40%, that they could be in the opposition benches if everybody else coalesces. I agree, but then you have to see the DA work with the people that they've deemed as the enemy number one and the reason for the founding of the multi-party charter to stop the EFF from becoming the government. And so it, it it is in a very, very hypothetical sense true that we could see the ANC and the opposition benches, but it is on in the most extreme version of improbable. 
Gabriel Nankin, researcher at the Social Research Foundation. Just a little bit about the Social Research Foundation, a South African think tank established 2021 and had to promote democracy and sound public policy via its website. It publishes extensively on public opinion and policy. All its reports are free to access and third-party users are welcome to draw from these without seeking prior permission. The foundation is governed by a board of directors chaired by Dr. Franz Cronier. At Cape Talk, um, the feeling is, let's just say, unanimous on the Jacob Zuma administration. Your tentative conclusions drawn from your report is that 63% uh, of people of, 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 of the sample polled on a national level uh, viewed Jacob Zuma in high regard. Uh, how, how, did, how did we get that so wrong? I don't think it's necessarily that you got it wrong. Um, you know, we sitting in the Western Cape generally have a little bit of a distorted picture about the rest of the country. Um, and I think that what people forget about Jacob Zuma's presidency is that the ANC, when he came into power, the ANC was in decline. But there was only, there was one spot of growth in the ANC during Jacob Zuma's tenure, and that was in KwaZulu Natal. And the reason why was that Jacob Zuma ran on a Zulu nationalist ticket. And so he remains incredibly popular in his home province of KwaZulu-Natal due to the fact that the Zulu nationalist sentiment in the country is very far from dead. In fact, it has probably grown since Cyril has taken, President Ramaphosa has taken over as from Jacob Zuma, given that they now feel particularly in in KwaZulu Natal, the Zulu sentiment now feels particularly aggrieved about the treatment of Jacob Zuma. They see him as one of their own, being unfairly persecuted by a party that has been captured by the quote unquote white monopoly capital that Jacob Zuma was messaging was set to fight against. And so it isn't so much so that you at Cape Talk have it wrong. It's just that in KwaZulu-Natal, where Jacob Zuma's power base sits, he is, his, the view on him has always been incredibly positive, and that hasn't been shaken. And you say it's a narrow ethno-nationalist kind of position. Um, there have been reports that the ANC's future uh, is 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 more rural than urban, and that the schism is there. Is it not more than the ethno nationalism that you are suggesting it is? Well, I think we 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 should break apart that to a certain degree. So, I I would definitely suggest and um, agree with the idea that the ANC's future is is rural. And I think that the ANC has already become a pretty solidly black nationalist party. I mean, if you look at the the ANC's voter base over time, all of the minority voters in the country have essentially abandoned the ANC. And so they have doubled down, given that fact, on black nationalist sentiment. Now, they try to be much more of a broad tent, broad church party than, say, Jacob Zuma in Mkontowe, with Mkontowe Sizwe, who, 
who I think is much more satisfied to just play up, up the, the Zulu nationalism to his own end. And I think it's important to realize that Jacob Zuma has a very, very significant reason to want to be a popular political figure and to remain within South African politics, which is he doesn't want to go to jail again. And so by running and by getting people and large amounts of support behind him, it becomes essentially impossible for anyone to send him to jail without risking a kind of KwaZulu-Natal riots 2.0, but probably far worse, given that now it's seen not only as persecuting the the state capture president, but persecuting the 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 ANC persecuting the Zulus directly. <clears throat> I, and so, I, yeah. Yeah. please go on, Gabriel. And so, I think that there is a degree to which the the there is ethno nationalism within the ANC, but I think they want it to be much more of a broad church kind of rural black nationalism. Uh, whereas there are splinter parties and parties such as the Patriotic Alliance or Mkonto where who are much more focused on the direct ethno-nationalism type of politics. Sure. In terms of demographic, the rural Zulu contribution rurally would be very significant. Let's let's I'm trying to extrapolate uh, a little further from your conclusions. Uh, or your tentative conclusions, the data reveals that Jacob Zuma's favorability score is 28.9%. Uh, and again, uh, at a national level, amongst all registered voters in KwaZulu-Natal, 63.1%. And all of that, you suggest, confirms uh, about a 40%, what, 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 did you say, a 40% ANC outcome in the polls in 2024? So we had the ANC at 40%. We've literally this week gotten back new numbers in KZN. Um, so that, that's, we're looking at maybe a, a, a 40% nationally, but in KZN, the ANC, according to our new numbers, is looking at a result somewhere between 20 to 25%. Um, we saw in our survey that there was quite a lot of ballot splitting with the ANC provincially getting 25%. In KwaZulu-Natal. In KwaZulu-Natal, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. MK in KwaZulu-Natal is looking at 24%, and so is the IFP, which essentially means that the ANC, MK, and the IFP are sitting at the same support levels currently in KwaZulu-Natal. That means that not only is the ANC looking at the possibility of, as I said earlier, a of kind of just above 40 or potentially a sub 40 percent national, national election okay. result, but they are also looking to probably be moved into the opposition benches in the KwaZulu-Natal um, provincial legislature. And so what it what is happening here is that the 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 paradigm of ANC dominance over South African politics with the only holdout being the DA and the Western Cape is being completely ripped apart and now we'll see in Gauteng as well as in KZN 
likely that the ANC will be in the provincial legislatures, in the opposition benches, and on the national level, they will be significantly weakened. And so they, once that happens, I can, you can kind of start to extrapolate that why would a voter continue to vote for the ANC given that now they don't even have enough yeah. power to control two-thirds of the country's GDP. I got you. And and that makes 2029 so significant in your mind. And we're going to link the dots in a short while. A message in reads, the ANC targets the less intelligent. Anthony writes the letter I, or the message. I'd prefer less informed, maybe, Anthony. That That is probably a, a better choice of words. So the ANC targets the less informed and rural of the voting people, which make up the majority, hence being in power for the length of time that they have governed. I am of the opinion nothing will change, will come in comfortably in the election with all the Failure, says Anthony. Well, the polls are suggesting something completely different, Anthony. Um, so, twenty twenty nine then is 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 very interesting. Uh, how 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 do you what, what what do you see in your crystal ball? Um, I wouldn't want to to venture too far, but I think that that comment by Anthony is is, is something that maybe is worth just singling in on for a second. Because I think that that is a, a, a kind of myth that I've heard repeated over and over again by the kind of <clears throat> richer, whiter, Western Cape voter. I think that there's been a fundamental misunderstanding of the ANC's popularity, that the reason why the ANC has dominated South African politics for as long as it did is because for the first 50, essentially the first 15 years that it was in government, it doubled the number of jobs in South Africa. It built almost 5 million homes. It connect, it, the amount of people who, who didn't have connection to electricity went from almost 50% to less than 20%. The reason the ANC is popular is not because they, they are targeting stupid or misinformed South African voters. I think that that's an incredibly damaging way to look at your fellow South Africans, I think the better way to think about it is they actually did stuff. And then 2007, there's the Polokwane Conference, Jacob Zuma comes into power, and and, and in the ANC, 2009, we have the 2008 financial crisis, which doesn't hurt South Africa as much, but slows the economy down. And then in 2009, Jacob Zuma comes in with a very anti-growth set of policies, and that's where we begin to see the stagnation. Hmm. And the reason why you it's taken vote... You, you, uh, yeah, I, I, you're saying that uh, that, that absolves in the first 15 years, and I, I, it's, it's statistics that I often cite. The next 15 years doesn't look so so rosy unfortunately uh, but that is all that we have time for um, at this moment in time um, should they be absolved of their failings because of 5 million houses because of uh, their connection of electricity because of their connection of water uh, to, to houses I think those are important issues and they will remain part of the debate I will, I will put it to you often um, yeah maybe we should dismiss them quickly and understand a little better why people uh, vote for them and continue to vote for them.